Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hi there, everyone. I'm Phil Bliss, founder and CEO of Canada's podcast, coming to you today from Toronto. Today, we're going to meet Emily Hosey. Emily has a track record of affecting industry shifting growth and success in the retail space at fashion powerhouses like TJ Maxx, Saks Fifth Avenue, etc. She's also a dynamic millennial mom, and she recognized a huge void in the baby gear retail market. And like great entrepreneurs, uh, decided to sort of discover in that area. Her solution was Rebel Store, a certified B Corp and purpose-driven company dedicated to creating a marketplace that connects brands and retailers to parents across North America. Her innovative AI-powered ecosystem enables frictionless movement of overstock, open boxes, which are store returns, and quality used baby gear between buyers and sellers. In four years, Emily has brought her vision of a re-commerce and circular economy to life across two countries and has saved over 180,000 pieces of baby gear from ending up in landfills. So, Emily, welcome to Canada's podcast. Great to meet you. And uh, um, as I said earlier, I've been reading about your venture and it, it's it's very interesting. But uh, let's, uh, let's talk about your background and the interesting parts about that. Uh, so before we get too much into the, the the business end of it. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and uh, or have done, and you know how you got here, basically. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me and sharing, having an interest in learning more about me um, and the company. So, my name is Emily Hosey. I am a millennial mom too. I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, and I'm also the founder of Rebel Stork. Uh, we are nationwide across the United States and Canada, and we are considered the largest baby gear liquidator and returns e-commerce platform in North America. And prior to Rebel Stork, um, I also was in the retail industry. I adore the retail industry, um, specifically the off-price channel of the retail industry. And so prior to starting Rebel Stork, I was the VP of merchandising for Winners and Marshalls, which is part of the TJX companies. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, I was in a different off-price model as a VP of merchandising at Saks Fifth Avenue, the off-fifth division um, based in New York City. Cool. Yeah. But so you were, I mean, those are pretty big brands. Um, you know, why did you move to entrepreneurship? What, 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 what was the thing that, that that made you move um i think i mean from an early age i always knew that i eventually wanted to have my own business but i just wasn't i knew it would be in retail but i wasn't quite sure i didn't have the idea i didn't know what it would be um and i think you know throughout my career i always tried to work at the leading and like p companies at the leading leaders in the industry um, where I could like learn as much as I could and work underneath some amazing um, creative leaders that push boundaries. And I think I just got to a point in my own career where 
I guess like my mind frame flipped from I'm so lucky to have this job working for X company to this company is really lucky to have me working for them. And it was kind of at that moment, um, I realized like, I think I'm ready to start my own thing. And the idea came to me when I threw a life experience, which I think that's common. I mean, you would know from interviewing so many entrepreneurs, but I think a lot of times the ideas come from your own personal experience. And when I got pregnant with my son, I wondered like, well, where's where does the baby, where does baby gear liquidation go? Um, where can you go to buy deals on baby gear? And that kind of started the whole process. That's interesting. So what have you found best about being an entrepreneur versus being an employee? Uh, your decisions, you feel the the benefit or the lack of benefit from every de uh, decision that you make. Mm -hmm. um, you can move very quickly. You have to move very quickly. Um, you start with one idea and you go down that road, but you kind of you know, you're re-examining whether or not you continue the course or you pivot in like a 60, 90 day period versus a year to two years. Um, it's just very fast paced. And I really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Good. So you've done very well in, in the short time. What's the greatest challenge you face in the business today? I would say there's probably two that were the biggest challenges. Um, over time, they've become less of a challenge, but they were, you know, it was a lot of um, hard work to kind of get to the point of it's not so much a challenge. I would say the first is um, raising capital <laughs> is extremely challenging. Um, just in general, as a female, it can sometimes have a little bit more challenge associated with it. Um, but then that kind of becomes less of a challenge once you have a track record and you're proving your business and your unit economics are working. So I don't think it's ever easy, but the challenge that existed in the very early days um, has lessened. And then I would probably say the second biggest challenge was, you know, we, Rebel Stork, created an industry that didn't exist. So um, baby gear returns were being thrown into landfills. And we came along and we're like, well, we don't like there's there's another solution. We can take those those returns and we can um, be your e-commerce partner and resell them safety vetted on our platform. And I think just disrupting an industry that had been working for so many years and decades doing what they'd always been doing was it was sometimes like, you know, running into a brick wall every single day. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, eventually the brands and the retailers come, come around and they're, they, they partner with you. And we always joke internally, like we remember those days. Um, some of the brands and retailers don't acknowledge those days, but like we remember them and it was really hard. Um, but then once you kind of get that first brand, that first retailer on board, then everything kind of there's momentum and it gets easier. But I would say those were the two biggest challenges. Do you have a, you know, I'm sure because you really are create work, have been creating a new channel, a new retail channel, if you like. Um, and you've 
probably come up against some unexpected challenges. Is, have you found a way of handling them so that you can successfully overcome them? Yeah, I mean, I think um, as it pertains to like a lot of our business is dependent on our supply pipeline. So the relationships that we build with brands, the relationships that we build with retailers, um, because we're processing their returns. Um, so yeah, if a, if one of your big partners is having challenges and goes bankrupt per se, or you know one of your your big um, clients decides to exit an important part of the business that you know those returns are funneling to you, then um, that can cause a challenge. But I think just always having you know we have a rule of thumb that there's never one supply channel that will account for more than twenty percent of our business at any given time. And I think that's, you know, that's just an awesome That's a great rule. That's a, yeah. Great. It was kind of embedded in in me and the team when we were at, you know, TJX and Saks Off Fifth that you really can't, I mean, you, you need diversification. Mm -hmm. So even when you sign a huge contract, you celebrate for one minute and then you're like, oh my gosh, this is such a big contract. It means we need so many more big contracts or else this one big contract will occupy too much of the portfolio. Um, so I think, you know, we're pretty strict on that. Um, and so that's, that's been kind of helpful to stick to that rule is mm -hmm. you can't yeah. just get excited by one big win and be like, our, right, you know, let's sit back and relax. You're constantly hustling. Um, <laughs> sure. You're diversified. But if, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give yourself, you know, before you've made this move back in your, your early twenties? So? Um, I don't think people necessarily realize the amount of like what you give up when you become an entrepreneur. Um, you know, you really do put a, everything into the business. And so for me, it's, um, like, I don't have a lot of time in my life for like personal interests and hobbies. It's really my family and the business. And I think not many people realize that, um, that, you know, when you start a business, like your HR, your operations, your logistics, like your finance, um, you're kind of doing everything as the team grows that obviously changes, but that is years before that changes. You know, we have, um, we're four years old in Canada, two years old in the U S our business is quite large, um, in a very short period of time, but like we have 43 full-time employees, but it's like the past two years that it's been that. Prior to that, there was like eight of us. And so, you know, you really are doing everything. Um, and so you have to be like really committed to wanting this to work because uh, it it occupies you. There's no off switch. What's the best piece of advice that you've received? You know, that kind of advice that you keep you keep beside you. You know, the, the, you, you know, it's there. It's sort of implanted. And, you, mm -hmm. you, you know, what, what, what's, what's that? The best piece of advice I've ever been given um, has been to just, like, keep your head down and stay really focused on what you're trying to do um, and not be distracted by what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's the most important, I think, in the age of, you know, social media and LinkedIn, there's a lot of um, 
the great stuff being shown and it can be distracting. Um, you know, reading about other people like seamlessly raising so much money and it's so easy and it happens so quickly. Like it's, if that's true, it's an anomaly. Um, you know, businesses growing 10x with like, you know, these crazy margin numbers, like it again, like those are very few and far between. And so I think, you know, just keeping your head down and not being distracted. It was a line that um, an old boss of mine said that if you spend your time um, counting other people's sprinkles, then your ice cream will melt. And I think we talk about that a lot here at Rebel Stork is we know our mission. We know the four things we are focused on that we must accomplish and heads down on those. And like, don't worry about, you know, what's going on around us. So that's good. That's good mentorship. But what specific advice would you give to somebody that sort of like you were you know, two or three years ago kind of thing? Just starting, just thinking of starting up. Uh, and we have a lot of viewers and listeners like that that listen mm -hmm. to us to get that kind of feedback. You have to have really tough skin and you have to be able to, um, you know, be a great leader, I think. Like you have to be able to get, you know, rejections and no's um, over and over and over and then walk out of the conference room and be like, guys, we had a great week. Like, let's keep going. And I think that, you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs or people looking to start their own business, like if you're doing something truly different that hasn't existed before, you will have more no's and hurdles than clean roads um, and yeses. So you have to be like not tough, but you have to have a really thick skin and you have to be able to have so much confidence in yourself that you're almost delusional how much confidence you have because otherwise you won't be able to, you won't move forward. So where do you see yourself in the next five years? My goodness. Um, owning the baby gear industry, obviously. Um, <laughs> we, you know, we see ourselves partnered with every brand and retailer that we currently are, plus more, um, possibly expanding internationally. Um, yeah, I mean, I see myself still doing this. Um, that's good. That's good. I mean, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't, I mean, probably yeah. that. That's a okay. bigger team. Bigger team. Let's get let's have some fun questions now. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's good, good good some good insights there for people. So if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing instead? I do believe I would still be in the retail industry. I just mm -hmm. I and I think I would have my own business. Um that would not be different. Would I, would it be like a tech marketplace, AI returns liquidation company, like complex, like maybe not, maybe it would be a clothing line or maybe it would be, um, you know, something more direct to consumer, uh, mm. but I definitely, it would be in the retail industry for sure. I don't know if you've got much time, but what book are you currently reading, listening to? Uh, and would recommend to people. Um, 
So I keep two sets of books on my, um, on my nightside table. One is a business book and one is like a beach read. Mm -hmm. So, um, depending on how I'm feeling of like, oh my gosh, I need a break from business or, oh my gosh, I need to lean in and learn something from another, um, successful entrepreneur depends on which one I pick up every night. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm right now in the beach read phase. I just finished the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Um, (laughs) it was a New York times bestseller. I, you know, kind of gives your mind a break. Um, in terms of business books, oh my gosh, I read so many, um, one book that I read multiple times over and over that's on my bedside table is blue ocean strategy. And my old, boss um at Saks, he gave it to me and i love it and it's all about um it's a good, it's a good book it's yeah. a great book and like finding that blue ocean um that new idea and really leaning into it um versus going into you know shark infested waters where there's 50 million people doing the same idea and you're just nipping at the same at the same thoughts um so i do like that one a lot and every time i read it I'm learning something different that I didn't um, pick up on the first time. And probably because our business is always at a different stage when I read it. So those are the, the two that I'm going back and forth on right now. This is kind of a dumb question for someone with two kids. Are you a morning or a night person? And I guess I'm like, you kind of have to be both as a parent. Um, mornings. I'm a morning person. I like to get up. I like to go to the gym. I like to drop the kids at school. Um, my husband and I alternate. Um, I, I, I was a morning person, but we sh- shared it. You know, we so do too. We do the morning run. My my wife would do the afternoon run. Yeah, we do that too. Um, mornings, like if I want to go to the gym, then he'll do like we we alternate. It's like gym, no drop off or no gym drop off. Um, I do a lot of work at night. I feel like it's a time where I can really sit down and focus. Um, the kids are a little bit older now, but before I used to always get a little nervous going to bed because you never know as a parent what the night will bring. So um, I would always be worried to stay up too late because, you know, you could have the kids getting up in the middle of the night. Um, but I feel like my kids now are older at six, uh, five and three, that that's not a worry anymore. And I can work kind of whenever. If you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what would it be? And why would you choose that word? Um, I think I would describe myself as relentlessly resourceful. <laughs> um, that I think, yeah, I, I mean, you have to be. Um, and to be honest, when we hire people at Rebel Stork, that's the one quality that we look for. Like, I don't even necessarily care at certain positions, obviously, if they have like the best experience in the exact role that we're hiring for. But if somebody is relentlessly resourceful, they will do very well here. Um, and they can be moved around to multiple different positions um, and they'll figure it out. I would say that that probably is my, the I would describe myself as that. And I think that's one of my biggest strengths. 
What's keeping you up at night? Apart from the kids. Apart from the kids. Um, what keeps me up at night? Um, I find talent keeps me up at night, like making sure that I have the right amount of talent surrounding me and the right amount of talent surrounding um, our employees and that talent pipeline. I mean, we're growing really quickly, which means hiring a lot of people um, and like making sure that we have the right people on the team. Like we, this business, like you, I can have a great idea, but if my, if I don't have a great team around me, like there is no business. Um, so, you know, that is one thing that always keeps me up is like, do we have enough people? Are they the right people? Um, when we need to expand, are we going to bring on people that disrupt the right? Like, it, you know, it's a different dynamic. So mm. I would say that is, you know, I'm always thinking about that. Mm, interesting. Been a good interview. We're just, it's just about at our time. That's great. Uh, mm-hmm. How can people get a hold of you, Emily? If, they, if there's something you've said that they want to want to ping you on, basically. Yeah. Well, we are everywhere. <laughs> um, so you can find me on LinkedIn, the company on LinkedIn. Um, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, you can also sign up for our, we have like a, like a newsletter and you can sign up for that, um, on our website. And we love hearing from our audience. We call them our flock. Um, and we love hearing from, we get a lot of feedback. We try to action the feedback. Um, yeah. So you can find us all over the place. Well, thanks. It's been great meeting you, Emily. Uh, it's an inter- inter- interesting enterprise you built. Awesome. Very much. Thanks for taking the time.